Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well and that all manner of things are well because God is on the throne. He has never left. And you say, well, then why such turmoil in the world? Why is the world turning so evil? I tell you, if God's hand wasn't on it, it would be much more evil than it is right now. And it's going to get more evil. I think uh, whatever comes upon us, we have earned that. And we have earned even more than that. So we are in that time where God said that if we didn't repent, uh, further chastisements would come. Our Lady of Fatima told us that. Our Lady of Akita, um, Our Lady of Good Success, all that's happening is uh, uh, the, the sum of the apparitions that we've been told um, and also scripture toward the end times. Uh, when the world would grow increasingly sinful. So we shouldn't be surprised. Um, I'm somewhat surprised that we might be living in those times, but I, I think we are. I think we are, and we need to prepare. We need to turn our hearts to God. We need to set our priorities stri- straight, and we have an opportunity before us um, within two months uh, is the election. And we've been talking about um, uh, voting. We prayed. We played Father Altman's 10-minute sermon 10 minutes ago. He said, you cannot be Catholic and vote Democrat. Many people disagree with that. But um, if you know what it is to be Catholic and you know what it is to be Democrat, there was a day that was fine to be Democrat, but they have since literally physically voted God out. That happened a few years ago. And their platform is evil. It's everything that uh, is against what God is for. And so to be Catholic or to think you're Catholic and that you could still vote Democrat is um, uh, it's, it's a delusion, but it, it's not so. Uh, that's why Father Altman said that he took a, uh, he did some research on who voted for the uh, presidents in 2008 and 2012, and he said the total number of Catholics was zero, because if you're truly Catholic, you must not vote for evil. You cannot vote for a pro-death candidate. Um, it doesn't matter what you favor personalities. Um, so I'm going to ask you, beloved, I'm going to read something today. It's an article called The Role of Common Teaching in Carol, a Catholic Moral Theology Concerning Voting. Um, I had emails yesterday, calls, and then further emails and calls at our priory uh, following the program from Catholics who absolutely disagree because they cannot, they feel they cannot vote for the Republican candidate and they base it on personality, background, uh, personal background, um, what they like and dislike, 
certain things that he has done with immigration and um, what else, um, other things. Uh, but I say that you put all those things to go- uh, put them all together, um, and they don't equal the direct murder of a child in its mother's womb. And if we do not vote the Republican ticket, regardless of our likes or dislikes, uh, that is a vote for the life of children in their mother's womb. And you can put all the other reasons together, no matter what they are, put them all together. It does not equal the direct killing of a child. If you have two people say, but he's put the immigrants, the children in cages. If you put uh, two scenes together, one scene of a child being put in a cage with other children and the other scene of a a knife directly going into the child, ripping the child apart piece by piece, which would you choose? Is the other one, are they both bad? They are both bad. But is there any comparison about ripping a child up with a knife versus... Uh, um, or burning them versus putting them in a cage. Um, there's just no comparison at all. So um, we cannot vote our emotions. Uh, we need, or who we like. I mentioned yesterday that I don't remember when I voted for a president, for a man uh, that I wanted to be president. I don't remember when, but I have continually voted for the best of the worst, and we must do that. And I do believe that our current president is um, indeed uh, the most pro-life president we've had, even though he fully doesn't understand, uh, even though he has been for some things that Catholics would not be for, that are against the moral law, yet he is... Still, he has stood up for life um, and uh, in a way that no other president has. So uh, I think we don't have a choice if we're Catholic. I think Father Oldman is absolutely right. Um, there will be zero Catholics that, uh, that vote Democrat, zero, because you cannot be both. You cannot be both. And when you vote for the party that uh, puts abortion into effect, you are a part of the millions of abortions that take place. You are responsible, not a tiny fraction, 100%, for uh, putting the people in office who will continue the uh, crime of abortion, of killing babies in their mother's womb. I know many of you don't agree, uh, it's not my opinion, it's Catholic teaching, beloved. Um, and I'm going to read this and then we'll take your calls at the half hour mark. And you are welcome to call in. Anything you say, anything that's on your heart is fine, except out of respect to the Station of the Cross and LiveSite News. I'm going to ask you not to mention the names of candidates. You could say Democrat or Republican, but not to mention the names of candidates um and it really i'm going to ask you not to speak about their personalities 
or now I'm not going to censor you. If you do, that's fine. But it's not helpful for you to speak about the character of people um, and personalities and all of that because that's all... Uh, we can have our opinions, we can have our likes and dislikes, and we could be right, but we cannot vote on our emotions and our likes and dislikes. We must mo- vote on a moral stand, and if the one we dislike is the one that's going to protect babies in their mother's womb uh, while the other is going to advocate their killing, I, I don't see a choice. So be careful. Uh, not to vote on what you like or dislike, but on what is going to be the most Catholic stance. Um, Okay. Um, uh, Let me just see. I'm going to read this. This is from the National um, uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops. uh, in 1998, this this quote I'm going to read and the rest of the articles is current. Um, it says, we encourage all citizens, particularly Catholics, to embrace their citizenship, not merely as a duty and privilege, but as an opportunity meaningfully to participate in building the culture of life. Every act of responsible citizenship is an exercise of significant individual power. We must exercise that power in ways that defend human life, especially those of God's children who are unborn, disabled, or otherwise vulnerable. We get the public officials we deserve. I believe that. We get the public officials we deserve. Their virtue or lack thereof is a judgment not only on them, but on us. Because of this, we urge our fellow citizens to see beyond party politics, to analyze campaign rhetoric critically, and to choose their political leaders according to principle, not party affiliation or mere self-interest. Now, this was written prior to the Democratic Party uh, Democratic Party as a whole literally voting God out. No God. This was prior to that. So uh, party affiliation at this point um, absolutely has uh, is a factor. Because why would someone who is truly pro-life uh, remain uh, a Democrat? And knowing what they espouse, knowing what their platform says. Uh, you may have been a Democrat all your life, but it's time uh, to turn because they have turned. Okay, now, there's our first break already, so we're going to begin the article. We won't finish it because I will take your calls and emails after the second break. Beloved, our toll-free number to call in is one 877 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. 30 Seconds on the Gifts of the Holy Spirit brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The gift of understanding helps our minds to comprehend religious and natural truths. This is why discussions with unbelievers don't always end in conversion. It's true, they may see your point and still choose to act differently, but many times they do not have the gift of understanding. Be patient. Thank God for the gift of understanding and pray for others to receive that gift as well. weeks after conception, the brain is highly complex and constitutes almost half of the embryo's total body weight. The nerve cells in the baby's brain are branching out to connect with one another, forming primitive neural pathways. Growth continues at an extraordinary rate. Human life is sacred. Think about it. Coalitionforlife.com Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are here with you, and we are thrilled. I was going to wait to the half-hour break, but we have a few calls, and um, I think I'll just I'll just go to those who have called in. Um, and our toll-free number again: one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. And um, the email is mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have a call from Mary in Detroit. Hello, Mary. Hello. Go ahead with your question, dear one. I'm here. I can hear you. Yes, it's a, a compound question. Uh, the first, the first part of it is: um, Is there really any way that a any particular party or president, for that matter, has any control over the laws regarding abortion? I thought that was entirely up to the electorate with the laws being made by the Supreme Court. I don't think the president or any party um, has any control over that at all, do they? Well, the president who signed... can't make law. Yep, he can on executive decision. How does he do that? Pardon me? This president then made a law. Has this president... Well, I'd have to look back on how... Against abortion? 
uh, he has has this president, the current president, or any no, president. Has he made any law against abortion? Has he done I don't believe so. No, sweetheart. No, no I don't believe the second, so. The second question. No, wait, 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 Mary. Um, I don't believe he's made a law, but he certainly influences the law. He influences and leads the people of the country. Who did he influence? I mean, what what has changed? What law has since has there been even one uh, percent this, this, uh, decrease in abortions since he took over the presidency? Well, or has you know, actually, the incidence takes... of abortion increased dramatically. It. Well, I, I'd have to look at the figures there, one, but again, he's the first president who has spoken out for life and was at the March I'm for Life. I'm sorry to say this, sister, but, you know, talk is pretty cheap. When you're the leader of a country, talk is very potent because you lead many, many people. Uh, you give them the courage to live their faith. Uh, you You... Uh, you put people in office, as this president has, who are conservative and more pro-life. Uh, you affect, he's put more people, I think, uh, on the Supreme Court than, than anyone. You affect the votes of the future. Sometimes it takes time to see the result of that. But he has been for, uh, against abortion, this, this, this entire presidency. And he has influence. And you feel others. that his life is an exemplary life that Catholics would want to emulate him, and they would follow him and find him as a uh, a leader that they would want to to follow. That they find his life an exemplary saintly life that they would say, "Oh, I really would like to follow this man." No, Ma- no, Mary, and I never said that. In fact, I said the opposite. I said, "If we vote based," I said, "I have not. I do not know when I voted." last for somebody I wanted. I voted for the best of the worst. Um, and I said, we cannot vote if we vote on a person's, it'd be nice to vote on a person's character and a person we want to follow. But as Catholics, we need to vote not because we want to follow someone. That's very nice if we could have someone like that of character. But um, we vote based on the moral law and those that will respect God's moral law the most. But sister, in all due respect, if a person is known to be a habitual liar, I think there were 3,600 lies that have been already calculated this year. Is it not possible that that person is also lying about their position about abortion or many other things? I mean, why would anyone trust they may be lying, but their words would betray their lie because they're not keeping it to themselves. There's, he's speaking aloud about if the I right. Bring up one other, and one by other. the way, by the way, dear Mary, I, I, I wasn't aware of that figure of the number of lies. Uh, that's quite remarkable. But I think the opponent uh, might beat him that way. Uh, so well, go ahead. Be, uh, it is a devout Catholic, but that I guess is not really relevant. But the the other issue, uh, I don't know how much time you've spent around the Mexican border, or have you seen how many children 
are aborted out because of starvation, because of abuse, because of the violence. They're not aborted because, no, 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 Mary. They're not aborted because of starvation and abuse. Those are atrocious things that should never happen. But people are, babies are aborted through the direct murder and ripping them apart. There's no comparison between starvation and abuse, even though those are un, a despicable evil. There's no comparison about the direct murder of children. Uh, and I think you said the opponent was a devout Catholic, and that there's no truth in that whatsoever. Not what, whatsoever. How can you possibly say that? Anyway, that... Because if you if you promote this one has uh, the opponent has promised um, uh, to make abortion legal uh, from uh, contraception to birth, uh, approves of same sex same sex so called marriage, approves of every evil. Uh, the president in place right now does not. The, the opponent is not only not a devote ca- devoted actually, Catholic. The president that we have now is probably as close to, I guess we're not allowed to say that people are evil, but maybe possessed by evil. But you've certainly bought something. But I am going to say this. I'm a physician. Women who are starved and abused lose their babies. An abused and starved woman, and it happens so frequently with the horror. Mary, I know, sweetheart. I know, but when they lose their children, I'm not saying being abused and starved is, is not horrendous, but if they lose their children, it's the result of that. It is still not the direct murder of 60 million children in their mother's wombs. There's a difference. There's a difference, There's Mary. A difference. So how the child dies, if it's, done, if it's done indirectly through starvation and abuse, or if it's done directly, right, the child still dies, but that doesn't matter. No, no one said it doesn't matter, Mary, but if you pass a law to directly kill children, regardless of starvation and abuse, regardless, most abortions have nothing to do with starvation and abuse. They are simply children who aren't wanted. And um, uh, you, you just cannot be a Catholic uh, in good standing, you can be a Catholic. You can call yourself a Catholic and vote for that, but you cannot truly be a Catholic uh, because you are outside the moral teaching of the Church. I know you don't agree, Mary. Um, I don't believe it's a matter of opinion. This is moral law: Thou shalt not kill. The direct killing of millions of children all over the world is a much different matter than the children who die from genocide and starvation and abuse, as awful as that is. We're going to take a call from Rose. Uh, Rosa in California. Rosa, are you there, dear one? I don't think so. Okay. Um, Colleen in Michigan, are you there? Uh, No, I'm here. I'm Rosa. Okay, Rosa, go ahead. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, I actually called in for something very different, but I, while I'm calling on here and I would like to, okay, I want to address 
first of all, um, the caller that you just had, but because um, I have an interest, a perspective from uh, about that. Go ahead. Originally, and maybe another time, I wanted to call in about the generation of baby boomer women who lived the life of the, you know, the free love, the, all the right. problems and consequences that happened, which I have. Um, but and then all the disaster that happened over time and the idea that um, it's very difficult because I know it is for me. It's very difficult to um, to find the solace, even through confession and going back to the sacraments, because you just get, um, you know, feels like you just don't have the ability to overcome all even though you may not have done it on purpose all throughout your life. So I do Oh wait, now let me get your last time. sentence, Rosa. I didn't quite get you. You don't have the ability to do what, honey? To overcome oh, the, and the, No, when when uh, we were younger, um, we may have been swept away, not knowing different, but we gotcha. just walked ahead. Like Got it. following the Pied Piper. And now we're here living the consequences. Yes. And uh, that though, I did want to weigh in on what that other conversation said though no um, hold on now that, hold on hold on rosa just on that point you were swept away understanding understandable i understand what you're saying but and we're living the consequences now I, you know i i would give anything to uh, live in hindsight and redo or undo what i did you know all my life before i knew better but once we know then we need to do something about it and make amends. And that's the mercy of God that allows us to do that. Yes. And, and I guess where it's come to is that the devastation that ended up in my own family uh-huh. um, and the, the isolation, the rejection, the just getting yeah. apart like crazy, those mm-hmm. things are seem like, and I know when I go and I pray and I'm putting some masses out, I've done general confessions and I do uh, confessions. I go to more than just Sunday mass now, but you know, and I want to put into that mercy of God, but it is very difficult. And I've talked to other women who have done, let's say they've had multiple abortions or whatever, things that they feel, even though they know God has forgiven them, it's it all it haunts them going to church because it is and and rightly so so i'm not saying anything bad about it rightly so it's about family it's about taking the stuff so seriously but um there's a but to that and that is um it's not the church's issue but it feels like wherever um, disenfranchised women go who, who have who want to either come back or begin a life in the Catholic way that um, it's just hard for them to find like there's anything speaking to them except of course the forgiveness and the mercy of God yes Rosa I'm so glad you're bringing this up you you could probably hear the music for our break can you hold on till after the break Rosa Yes, I can. Okay, thanks. And I know you wanted to bring something up also about the past caller. What you're saying is extremely important. Um, Hold on, and we will um, come back to you right after the break. Um, And again, uh, our toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483. Email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, beloved.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. 30 Seconds on the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The gift of wisdom helps us to make the right decision in the present moment of our lives. Choosing to join the corporate world or to live as a missionary may not be a moral issue, but it's important to pray for the gift of wisdom to discern God's will for our lives. to Mother Miriam live. I'm so glad to be with you. And we have Rosa on the line. I asked Rosa to hold on. And Rosa, um, what you're saying, I know you have an, another issue to speak about, but are you there, Rosa? Oh, yes, I am. Thank oh, you. Oh, good, good. What you're saying is that some of the choices we've made um in the past when we were simply following the pipe pipe or going along with the flow, didn't know better, all of that. And I don't know if anyone who is not part of that scenario, uh, what we did when we didn't know better. Um, and some of the uh, results of that, the fruit of that can be devastating indeed. And so you're saying that even though we go to confession and we know we're forgiven, which is good, um, we still live under that umbrella of condemnation or isolation. Uh, is that what you're saying? Yes, um, pretty much. Yes, and I, I will. Before I had the full experience that I've had. Um, I have worked with all kinds of different people um, throughout my life and career, and I do know that, um, you know, the pain of the consequence and also the, mar the, 
again, I don't know the right words because I'm not saying the church is doing this, but this is how women from all different, um, you know, who've had some pretty rough parts right. in their life, mm-hmm. um, that they feel like there's nowhere for them. In fact, it's almost like a constant reminder. Uh, let me just, what I'll do real quickly is I'll just share a little bit about some of the things in my own life and, um, and, and so, and where I'm at now. So basically I was a uh, uh, runaway at 13. I was a teenage mom. Um, I, I, my son is, is a amazing um, person now. He's, he's really, he's, he's an amazing person. However, um, so I married, um, when I married the father, didn't know him but a month and we stayed together a while. The father was an atheist or is still an atheist actually. And, um, and, um, also at one point, you know, put his hand on my abdomen and said, we can still get rid of that, you know? And I, I didn't know what he was saying at first because it was right early in the days of Roe v. Wade. And that was very shocking. And that's kind of haunted me. But again, I, when I had my reconversion, um, you know, a lot of this stuff I, 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 I understood. I mean, I, I actually could feel what was going on with me and God and, and all that. But, um, you know, I was a lot of ways it was by the grace of God, but also luck, you know, that I'm not dead or, or whatever. But then um, I did, I then left that marriage, ran off with someone who turned out to be a pretty nasty person, but not obviously, and stayed with them for almost 20 some years. I raised, raised uh, several stepchildren, only had the one child. So there was lots of contraception, all this stuff. And so because of that second person, the second husband who's now, in fact, we actually married in the church, um, the second one, and almost within a year, everything went bad. I mean, everything, all the money was gone. The addiction started not with me, but with him. Anyway, that's another story, but all this stuff happens, right? So then now my, my biological child, um, who's an adult and I have a couple, I have a couple of grandkids um, completely slammed the door because of, you know, some other stuff that was, um, it's just a long, complicated story. I don't want to take your time, but, um, but it completely shut the door. And um, I went ahead and moved back to where um, he is with his family just to say, Hey, I'd like to somehow make amends, but that is just not happening. And so um, the idea is that I am now single. Um, I did a lot of sinning, you know, in my lifetime and went back even after my reconversion, fell off the cliff again, <laughs> came back, and had a lot of people praying for me. But, you know, the idea is the pain of the abandonment, the isolation, the living, the consequences. And it does feel, because they say, you know, I mean, all I, I've known this, I've, I've read it, I've understood it, that you get mocked by your sins. You actually are like, at first, it's like, oh, this is awesome, you know, and not so much awesome, but this is just my life. I didn't know any different. It's not that my parents weren't good middle class people that, uh, you know, tried to raise me right. It was during a time when it was like, oh, forget that. Here, just run away. And so I did. <laughs> and I'm saying it very frivolously now, but I had a life that I'm 
surprised I'm still alive. Um, and um, and I and and also by the grace of God, I was able. I went back. I did get educated, and I um, now work a lot with uh, people. I've worked with trauma. I've worked with um, human trafficking, people who post-abortion. I've worked with eating disorders and soldiers with PTSD. So I, I get that. But the, the pain of it is is the abandonment. Some of us out here. And I, I recently read, um, that that's the other thing that kind of ties in also, we won't go into it if you don't want to about the previous caller, but there are so many people, and myself included, it's, it's extremely painful not to support the thing that you did, that when you didn't know better, and now that you might know better, you can't you can't stand it. It's too painful. I have a very good friend I went to high school with. Same thing. She had an abortion. She felt like she was backed into a corner. She did the best she could at the time, but she is diehard about that, toting old party lines. You know, back in, in 1971, two, three, whatever, we didn't have the ultrasound technology. It was easier mm-hmm. to go, yeah, a clump of cells. But anyway, I thank you, God, I did not undergo an abortion myself. However, Lots of contraceptions that were abortifactive, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that the hard part is, though, is keeping that, that getting, keeping that, um, the pit of despair that opens up for those of us who sit in the back of the church and we see the people that we could have been, you know, and that we were not, and that we chose not to be, not because we thought, oh, that somehow we. It's again, it's that it's that movie picture of what a life is, you know, and if you're more creative or whatever, it, it looks very seductive and you just think it's right. Um, I have a sister who's living the consequences as well. My brother died of AIDS in the 1990s. So, um, you know, a lot of things happen and we don't have a family. I don't have a family now. <laughs> My, I'm completely abandoned from the, the ones I raised. Um, although I'm here and I'm open, you know, but so there's my story. A lot of it is, um, is, uh, again, not just for me, but I'm finding even while I listen in my isolation here, um, even while I listen to a very, very people, I love their plain spoken. I love the way that you're plain spoken and, but it's very painful because yeah, you are speaking the truth. But the truth, um, it, it again, it, I know it's evil that condemns you with your own past as if God did not forgive. And I know God did forgive. And that we even talk about, well, do I forgive myself? I'm kind of, I don't even know, but I, I think I do. But at the same time, it doesn't stop the, con- like if I cut off my foot, I still wouldn't have a foot. You know, I don't mean to I, I know about it. You Rosa. Know, Rosa, my dear one, um, I'm just going to start by saying I think you're absolutely fantastic. And I bless God for what he's done in your life. How many people sitting in that church when you sit in the back pew looking at them? How many of those good, upright, moral, wonderful families with 10 children and all of that? How many of them, I'm not putting them down, but how many of them are uh, reaching out to rescue uh, uh, sex trafficking and abused people and and all of that that you're doing. Um, God has not only enabled you to do that,
but he's given he has allowed you to have the background of tremendous hurt and rejection and destruction and all those choices some you made some that were put on you um he has allowed all that and he has formed you rosa into the person you are and you are his emissary you are his missionary to a hurting world um you know um I'll I'll tell you this. Uh, I'll get a little personal here too. I was a women's jail chaplain for ten years, and one day uh, there was a woman, and more than one day, but this particular woman, they were not able to keep from trying to take her life. All she wanted was suicide. Her life was as tragic as it could be. She was in her twenties, and she came into my office and she spit at me physically spit at me she said you straight broads what do you know and I sat her down and I told her what I know and she was transformed um, tremendously transformed in her life to think that a normal person went through some of the things I went through um, and when she left the office I I, I cried and I thanked God on my knees for allowing me what was tremendously tragic to go through to save the life of that one soul. Mm-hmm. And see, that's your case. You will save the life of many souls because you know. You may not have been through what they have, but you've been through it. And you know what it is. You know pain and loneliness and destruction and rejection and and injustice. You know it all. Rosa, God will use you. And I'll, I'll say this. Well, two things. You have a son now, unfortunately, and he grew up to be a wonderful man, as you've said. Um, but now he has a family and he shut you out. Well... I want to say shame on him without knowing anything else. But if after he shut you out, let's say he's done, let's say he didn't grow up to be so wonderful, he's done horrible things, and he came to you and says, Mom, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know what I was doing. I know now. I can't imagine how awful it was for you and on you. Would you forgive me? Would you forgive him? Of course. Well, see, you're, of course, it wasn't just two words. It was definitely, of course, my good, yes. of course, I long for that. Of course, I would forgive him. Now, what if with all he's done, the injustices to you and everything else, uh, with all he's done, what if he feels so incredibly sorry and guilty and uh, regrets all his choices um, that even though you've forgiven him, he can't receive it. He knows you've forgiven him, but there's so much on him, he can't get over it. You see? How would you yeah. feel? I know where I go. I think I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. He would. Fe- you would yeah, feel terrible. Tremendous compassion. I mean, yeah, I'm um, sad, but I would feel tremendous compassion. And yeah, love. hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm going to ask James if he could turn up the volume a little bit. Um, voice a little. Okay. Uh, Rose, are you there? 
Yes, I am. Oh, that's so much better. I, I could barely hear you. That was not your fault. Um, I, know, I know you know where I'm going, but if you, you're, once you forgave him because you knew he was sincere... It doesn't mean yeah. he'd never slip or fault again, but you knew he was definitely sincere. He came back repentant, and you forgave him. And he he believes you, but he can't free himself. He can't uh, get over it, or some people say forgive himself. He can't do it. And so he's even though you've forgiven him and he's changed, he's living with the... The, the thousand pound weight of his guilt and all the memories of what he's done how would you feel you'd feel terrible you want your forgiveness of him to free him and say let it go let it go god knew he's saved us don't worry about it you'd want him to be free to start a new life and that's what yeah. god wants that's what God wants with you. He doesn't want you to hold on to anything but this and that, but you knew and but what you did and but what you didn't know. And God knows it more than you know it, Rosa. We'll be right back, Rosa. Hold on. Thank you. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Hi, this is Wayne Hepler, founder of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer. If you are looking for a way to grow closer to our Lord, I invite you to visit our Catholic Retreat Center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. The rustic setting provides a quiet atmosphere for prayer and for learning about the public communal prayer of the Catholic Church known as the Liturgy of the Hours. The seven canonical hours are prayed throughout the day beginning with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 p.m. You are welcome to join in the prayer at any time or to book the house for a retreat. We are located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. For more information or to book a visit, email info at liturgyofthehours.org or call the retreat house at 814-676-1910. You can also learn more by visiting liturgyofthehours.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We've been on the phone with Rosa from California. Are you still there, dear one? 
I am. Thank you, Mother. Okay. And and basically, uh, for those of you who are with us, Rosa um, is suffering, uh, as many others are, with a life of um, uh, difficult choices that have resulted in a great deal of pain. And coming back to the Catholic Church, uh uh, to go to confession and truly be forgiven is a wonderful thing, but you still feel the burden of all you've done. You feel the burden of all you haven't done and, and the loss in your life, um, and still some of the guilt um, and the um, uh, ostracization that takes place and and people who know you or they think they do or they remember what and they've cut you off. What am I leaving out, Rosa? Well, that's pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. we can just be very blunt about it and say I had a lot of debauch- debauchery in my life. Um, right. But yeah, no, you've got that. And I will say that um, because of my, you know, like you said, bad choices, I mean, that's, that's I've, I'm pretty, pretty darn like debauched, like I said. But um, part of the, you know, my, my, my string since I was 13 years old of, of thank, God, thank you, God, that I stayed alive um, in many dangerous situations um, where others weren't so fortunate. Um, but um, with the person that I actually ran away with, um, my second husband, who was the only one that I married in the church, um, because of his uh, particular uh, sociopathic, basically, um, and uh, but what happened was um, that that um, it was a very gentle way. It's it's very seductive. Uh, someone who can do this very well with words, which kind of ties into um, you know how we look at even what's happening now, but um, where just over time i i left i went to a different state i helped take care of my parents i stayed away for a while and that allowed a new narrative to the new normal to be painted about me so someone who i never thought would reject me did reject me my son but 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 yeah you got it you really do have it and being in church and also coming back, because I was uh, went to a, re, a strong reconversion in 2003. That's how I ended up getting uh, married in the church to the person I was civilly married to. But um, then when all the shock and awe came that I didn't know was happening in my own household, then that's when I kind of fell off the cliff again, but okay. came back. And, yeah, Rosa, yeah. Rosa, let me, uh, so just that we have time to get this in, I, I want to suggest a couple things to you. Yeah. Um, and I've experienced these things, so not everything you've said, but my own story and, and this mm-hmm. path. So I want to give it to you because it was life-saving. Um, the, the first step uh, is, let me just say it, even though you are the injured one is to forgive everyone and Mm -hmm. uh okay so that's first whether they know it or not whether they're alive or not you need to forgive them and um and if there's no motive it's to forgive as god in christ has forgiven you um do you have an issue with that no not all in fact um okay uh 
I do pray for that. And I pray when I start getting immediately down the anger road again or the resentment yeah. road or the non-forgiveness, I go right to saying, oh, my gosh, I'm doing it again. Uh, there and you I go. Find, what can I do? All right. I, I heard someone else say, uh, I think it was a, uh, one of the priests say um, to even use, uh, you know, run to God, and, or maybe you said it, and say, what can I do for that person? You know, even though you may not do anything because they're not Mm -hmm. in your life, but what can I do for that person? We can always pray for them. Well, if forgiveness, even though these things keep coming up, that's understandable, is not a strong issue with you. I won't take time on that, but I'm going to suggest this. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I read that and I said, what are you talking about? Of course they knew it. They, they, put, they put the nails in his hands. They, they, they put him to death. The people he came to save put him to death. They knew what they were doing. But they didn't because Jesus also says that sin blinds us. So, yeah, they knew physically they put him on the cross. But they didn't understand. But Apostle Paul said, if we knew that he was the uh, king of glory, the son of God, the son of glory, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have put him to death. It was blindness that did that. So uh, Jesus said, forgive them. They don't know what they're due. Now, someone once said forgiveness is for giving. And when Jesus said, forgive mm. them, he took the punishment due them for everything they did. And he took it on himself and let them off the hook. That's what it amounts to. He let them off the hook, and he took the punishment for their sins and died in their place. Okay, now, they're off the hook, but what about him? It's all on him now. It's all on him, and he died. What happens when we forgive we forgive, we take the consequences of even what's not just what we've done, but what's been done to us. And we say, forgive them, Father, let them off the hook the way Jesus let us, or let us off the hook. The sin cannot be let off the hook. The wages of sin is death. But he took our death for us. So if we say, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, even though we may think they do, but not ultimately they don't. They're blind. Um, We take the loss upon us. So now we've forgiven them. What do we do with the loss? What do we do with the scars? And when all that stuff comes up, whether it's our guilt that we feel, whether it's what people did to us, whether it's their stupidness, their blindness, their ignorance, their false conclusions, or the the stupid choices we make, oh, if I hadn't done that, or all of that, those are the scars We need to believe God's forgiveness just the way you would want your son to believe that you've forgiven him, no matter what it is, if he came to you for forgiveness. You would want him to believe you're, of course, that you've forgiven him. You would not want him to doubt that. But now what is he going to do with all those scars? What we do with the scars, Rosa, is we give them to Jesus we that's the catholic term offer it up when we have the scars for whatever it is a million things we say okay i've forgiven it's not an issue anymore lord but now i have this woundedness and it's coming up again and i can't stand it give it to him 
Give it to him. It's not God who will bring those up to you again. It's the devil who will continue to bring those things up to you again. Just give it to God. Give him your scars, and you're joining your pain and suffering to Jesus on the cross for the very salvation of your son or your family or those who have never heard Jesus. I've never heard the gospel. You're you're putting it to work. You say, take that, Satan. I'm not interested. Now, do you still have the effects of those of the background? You still have the effects, but they no longer control you because you've said, Satan, you foiled yourself because now you've put your scars and your sins to work. And one last thing, we're coming up against our closing music. When we get to heaven... The scriptures say we will see a lamb as if slain. We will see the nail scars in his hands and the thrust of the sword in his side. We will see that because he has the scars that we've caused that will be there for all eternity. So we give it to him, Rosa, everything to him. And it it gets to work for the salvation of you and people and whoever you, you have it for. And we still feel it, but it no longer stings us. Oh, sting, where, death, where is thy sting? It no longer controls us. And now we have a gift to God to put to work for the salvation of others. Rosa, I'm so sorry it's the end of our program. I hope in somewhat, some way that helps you, dear one. Trust God's love for you. He would never want you to live with this. He wants you to give it to him. Okay, beloved, we'll speak with you tomorrow.